0: So last week we looked at the younger brother and we looked at the fact that the younger brother had gone up to the father and asked for his share of the inheritance and then had taken that share of the inheritance and gone off the Bible says and squandered it and wasted it and found himself um, destitute and poor and hungry and in a place of shame where he no longer felt worthy to access the benefits of being a son of his father. And he felt that he was no longer worthy to be called a a son, but could he become a hired servant of the father, not expecting to be included. And actually the father um, um, resists, in a sense, the the, the boy's um, plea to be a hired hand and elevates him and reinstates him as a son and accepts him and gives him all the rights as a son again. And then Jesus kind of cuts the story across to an older brother, and it says in verse 25, meanwhile, the elder son was in the field. When he came near the house, it says in Luke 15, 25, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants, so he called one of the servants and asked him, what was going on? The servant said, your brother has come he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The elder brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went outside, went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we have to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So often we think in our mind that, um, and it's right, <laughs> that, that the believer's primary thing to do, that the Christian's primary thing to do, is to avoid sin. And that's right, that we're called to be a holy people set apart for God. And it's true that God is sanctifying us and developing our character. And it's true that the fruit of the Spirit are growing and we're going from glory to glory, faith to faith, and we're becoming more and more like Jesus in our attitudes, actions and behaviour. That's all true. But we never think as well that dutiful obedience or doing the right thing or... Being loyal obedient and faithful and hardworking we never think that being hardworking in the kingdom and being loyal and obedient and faithful and dutiful actually can have its own dangers so we 're actually focused often on avoiding sin avoiding temptation, avoiding things and and being hardworking and diligent and doing the right thing and being faithful and being obedient. But it's actually possible that that being hardworking and obedient and, and faithful can actually also do something in our heart that cuts us off from accessing what's rightfully ours in the Father's house. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. Because this son obeyed everything the Father ever asked him to do. He says... He says, I never, I never disobeyed your orders. Everything you ever asked me to do, I did it perfectly. I I slaved for you. In other words, I, 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 I never disobeyed you. I worked really, really diligently and hard for you, Father. But there was something going on in his heart that actually meant that he never actually accessed what was rightfully his as a son and we're going to unpack that can i say that it's possible to be a christian and you're, you're you're saved and you know it and you're born again and you know the time you know the date and you know when it happened and you know that there's been a transformation in your heart and you love god and do you know it's possible to have all of that and live in the father's house but never access the Father's love and the Father's resources. Do you know that that's possible? That you can live in the Father's house, you're in the house, you're a child, you're accepted in the beloved, Jesus has taken up residence in your heart, but you're not accessing the benefits of daughterhood and sonship. Do you you believe that's possible? And I want to unpack how that's possible. Because this older son had mindsets and ways he saw the world and lenses through which he saw the father and lenses through which he saw the resources of the father's household that actually blocked him from accessing love and resources. And the first one is this. He had an identity issue. He had an identity issue. He was a son but with a slaves mindset that was his first problem that blocked him from receiving love and accessing resources yes he was a son and the father is very clear in it when he says son my son you're always with me but when he talks to the father he says I slaved for you and never disobeyed your orders the father says you're a son The son thinks, actually, I'm a slave. And a slave is lower than a servant.
1: He doesn't even call
0: himself a servant. He says, I'm a slave. A slave is somebody who has no freedom, no rights, no access, no resources, no power. They just obey orders. And so because he saw himself... As a slave and not a son. He says, I slave for you. There was a joyless keeping of the rules. A joyless keeping of the rules. He thought this whole relationship in this household functions like this. You get to know the rules, you keep the rules, and maybe you'll then benefit. And sometimes we can be like that as believers. We say, what films can't I watch? What music can't I watch? What places can't I go? And I guess they're all valid and helpful questions. And and each person might have a different answer. How many times a month do you need to go to church? What are the rules? How many chapters do you need to read in the father's household to obey the father? How long do you need to pray for the Father to be pleased? Because I want to know the rules because I want to be a dutiful slave that obeys the Father. How many people do I need to talk to Jesus about Jesus to a year? What are the rules? Tell me the rules. How much money do I have to give? Do I have to come to midweek meetings or don't I? And so we can function in the father's household but with a slave's mentality. So this son had fear-based obedience. I never disobeyed you. It's not from the heart. It's from an external thing. I'm a rule keeper. Just tell me the rules. And he had a mentality that says you get what you deserve. I never disobeyed you. And this is the root of his anger. I never disobeyed you and yet I never even got a goat. He wastes everything. And you put the ring on his finger, the cloak, the the gown on his back, sandals on his feet, you receive him back, you throw a party for everybody, you kill the fattened calf, there's music, there's dancing, there's singing, there's rejoicing. And he squandered and he wasted. And I was an obedient slave. You are a hard master, Father. There's no pleasing you. And that's how he sees his father. He's a demanding master. Do you you have that in your mindset with Father God? That he's a demanding master. That there's no pleasing him. That if you prayed five minutes, really he wanted ten. And if you read a chapter of the Bible, really he wanted three. And if you fasted for a day, really he wanted you to fast for two. And if you shared the good news of Jesus with one person, really he wanted you to share it with four. And if you gave a certain amount of money, really is not that pleased because he wanted you to give more. And actually that's, I would propose, is that what the devil does, he accuses us in our hearts of the father being a harsh master, a demanding master. And that was the first issue in... The older brother's son. Son's head. The next one is this. It's an access issue. An access issue. Slaves and servants do not expect intimacy with the father. They don't expect intimacy because all they want really is orders and then they obey. Tasks and then they achieve. Jobs and then they do. And so, this younger son is not looking for love, he's looking for orders. He's not looking for access and intimacy and connection, he's just looking to be obedient. And actually, that's part of the reason why he then remains isolated at the end of the story and won't go into the party. He's, a, he's got a separation in his heart from the father. And the third one is this. He has an inheritance issue. And it's interesting at the beginning of the story that Jesus says, so he divided his property between them, it says in chapter 11. Of verse, uh, sorry, verse 11 of chapter 15. So he divided the property between them. And so the younger son gets his inheritance, but actually it says he divided the property between the younger and the elder son. The elder son actually had resources. The youngest son had resources and he squandered it and wasted it. But the oldest son also had resources. He squandered it and wasted it by never using it. He never accessed it. He never used it. The father says when he accuses him of never giving him even a goat. And now you're given the fattened calf. He said, you only had to ask you only had to ask can you see how this mindset Mm. of a slave who doesn't really understand that he's a son who doesn't really understand he has intimacy and access to the father can't even ask for a goat Mm. can you see that the issue is not an issue in the heart of the father, it's in the heart of the son You only had to ask. And so what was it that was going on in the heart of the son that he couldn't even ask for a goat? And he couldn't even ask, he couldn't even use the property that he had been given by the father? Is that he thought he was a slave who was powerless, weak, vulnerable, a victim, who had no resources. You only had to ask. We could ask this guy, this boy, why do Why is it you have? You're waiting to get a goat when you own the whole farm. <laughs> you own you, you, you. Everything I have is yours. The father will say to him later on, but he just doesn't realise that. Yeah. Every, you're always with me. Everything I have is yours, but you don't even have the relationship to ask for a goat. Yeah. You're so disconnected. You so don't know my heart, the father is saying in this story. You're always with me, everything I have is yours. You own the whole farm, but you don't even access a goat. You could have had a party anytime you wanted, but because you saw yourself as a slave. Got a great cry. Because <laughs> you saw yourself as a slave. Because you saw yourself as one who didn't have access to me. Your mindset blocked you from even asking. You never gave me. You never gave me. His whole world view is this. That blessings, provision, breakthrough favor affection stuff from the father is all rooted in performance that the root of every blessing he thought he would ever receive from the father was completely entirely and utterly dependent on performing to win it i never disobeyed a single command And because his mindset is competition, and comparison, and performance, he then gets angry when the younger son gets a party, gets restored, and gets the benefits of sonship. There's a cry in his heart that says it's not right, it's not fair, and there's anger. It's not, you are not functioning, father, in a right way. Let's get really nitty-gritty. <coughs> you say you've been a Christian a long time, yeah? And uh, you would say, actually, I consider myself to be an obedient son, an obedient daughter, and I, I know what the father wants, and I do it. And you think, that's who I am. And then someone gets saved. And uh, we might think that because they do X, Y, and Z, they're they're not that sanctified, they're not that mature yet. But then you notice that when they pray for the sick, the sick get well. And when they share the good news about Jesus, people start getting saved. Does anybody ever think that's not fair? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's not right, father. I've been following you 25 years. I'm faithful and obedient. And this daughter of yours comes home and gets saved and they're not sorted. And things are happening. i have longed to happen i wanted to do that and they're just rolling up and they're doing it it's like the story that jesus tells about the workers and the first one arrives at six in the morning and works all day to six at night and throughout the day he employs different people at different stages And then someone gets employed at 5.55 and they do five minutes. And then the wages comes and the one who got there at 5.55 gets the full wage for a whole day's work. As if they'd been there all day in the heat of the sun and when they were thirsty. And then the others are thinking, well, if he gave the full day's wage to the guy who did five minutes, I'm going to get more. And then the one who got there at six in the morning comes there and finds he gets exactly the same pay as the guy who did five minutes. He says, this is not fair. And then the master says, actually, if I want to be generous, that's up to me, isn't it? If I want to pay someone who did five minutes' work the same as someone who did 12 hours' work, that's my generosity. And can I just say that that the elder brother stuff can easily get into our heart. New convert comes along. After the meeting, needs a cigarette. Comes back in, prays the sick, get healed. Elder brothers say, Ooh, that's not right. I'm obedient to everything you've said, I think you've said. And I lay my hands on them and nothing happens. This person does all of that and something happens. The elder brother think and get so into our hearts that we can think that access to the father is something you earn it's something you deserve and it's something you merit and not something that you're given and so what is the remedy then what does the father say to remedy Verse 31 of chapter 15. My son. My son. To access what is rightfully ours in terms of the affection of the Father and the resources of the Father, the Heavenly Father, the first thing we need in our foundation is a revelation that we are a son or a daughter of the King of Heaven, son. When we're in France, Rochelle's mom and dad very generously stock the fridge with things that I enjoy. And uh, they, they stock it with some nice cold Guinness. And uh, as someone who's in the family, I have access to the fridge. And um, I've got an invitation from her parents to freely go to the fridge to help myself to what they have provided and generously given. And that is on the basis of marriage that brings me into a family. And I have access to it. Now if there were guys working on the house and fixing the roof, they have no access to the fridge because they're hired to do a job. Now, they might have access to a coffee, but that coffee will be given to them by the family. They can't come in and make themselves a coffee because they are hired to do a job. Sons and daughters can only access what is rightfully theirs if they believe that what the parent says, in this case Richard's mum and dad is that you are in my family and you have access. If I come into the family and have a, a servant's mentality, a slave's mentality, that just says, Claude and Suzette, tell me what you need me to do. They can talk to me as much as they want about the Guinness in the fridge, but until I believe and trust that they've included me as a son in the family, I'll never access it. You have to be fully convinced. You have to be fully convinced that what the Father says about you is that you have been spiritually adopted in Jesus Christ. That's what Romans 8 says, the spirit within us Christ. Abba, father, papa, dad. We have to believe that when the father says to you and me, son, daughter, we believe it. Because it's in believing and being fully convinced that we're not slaves, we're not dutiful servants, we're not just obedient to a harsh master, but we're sons and daughters of a glorious king who says, son, daughter. And the next thing... The father says is, you are always with me. You're always with me. Son, you are always with me. He's trying to cause this boy to understand the reason we're celebrating is that this son of yours I thought was dead and now is alive. I thought he was lost and now he's found. You are just as valuable to me as he is right now i'm delighting and celebrating and partying because he's come back but you're always with me you're always with me you're always with me in other words you are favored and you are loved and you are delighted in there's no competition between you in other words stop comparing yourself to your younger brother Because I love you, and I delight in you, and I find you amazing, and I like you, and enjoy you, and I love who you are, I love how I've made you to be. There's no competition between you and your younger brother. Sometimes we can feel that we're in competition with other believers. Trying to win the favour of the Father when he says to us, you're always with me, this is not a competition, it's another foundation, and then the third thing as a foundation is this is all I have is yours and everything I have is yours we've seen a lot of people healed over the last couple of years and And there's a mystery to it that we don't understand why one person gets a breakthrough and another person is waiting for a breakthrough. Why one person gets a job and someone else is waiting for a job. or One person gets a visa breakthrough quickly and another person has to wait longer. Or a person gets a house quickly or the house they wanted and the other person is waiting. And it's easy in those moments to start to believe the lie that because somebody here was healed of cancer... And I'm still waiting for a breakthrough for me that actually I'm not as favoured as the person who's had their breakthrough already. And we can start feeling that there's a competition between us as brothers and sisters. That the fact the Father has broken into your life and I'm still waiting for a breakthrough in mine can leave us feeling, well, there is a competition between us and we're not all equal in the kingdom and we're not all favoured and we're not all loved and we're not all delighted in, in the same way. And that's at the root of what's happening with the youngest son. He's feeling, well actually right now, Father, this son of yours is getting getting a breakthrough. He's getting getting provision. He's getting reinstated. He's having a party. He's having a fattened calf. And I'm still waiting for my goat. And the father says, actually I'm going to cut right through that and say, all I have is yours. There's no... It's not that he's my favourite and you're just the one he slaves. You're both my favourite. You're both my favourite and all I have is yours. And that's how to stay encouraged when you're still waiting for God to do in your life what you've seen him do in someone else's. It's <laughs> to know and be fully convinced that all the Father has is yours, that they're are no favourites in the kingdom, in the sense that every single son and daughter is his favourite. And when you're dealing with an infinite God who's limitless in his capacity to love and be faithful and to give affection, that means that each person is wonderfully considered to be his favourite child. And that when each child speaks to him, he listens as if you were the only person on planet Earth, because all that I have is That everything is available to me too. And there's, then it breaks through jealousy. It breaks through competition. It breaks through comparison. It breaks through performance. Because we say, I am a son or a daughter of the king. And, all, and I'm always with him. And all that he has is mine. And I don't have to be jealous of anybody. That when someone gets healed, or someone gets the visa that they need, or someone gets the house they've been longing for, or someone gets married, or someone gets a job. It's not that there's less in the kingdom to go around. It's not that the kingdom has limited resources, and now some of those resources have been spent, so there's less for you. The father has infinite resources. In other words, there's always another fattened calf he can kill. There's always another party that he can throw. There's always another resource that he can release because he has infinite resources and infinite capacity to distribute the resources. Come back to, to stand. I just wanna maybe deal with a few little bits and pieces as we're finishing off. Repentance isn't um, just to help crying and feeling really, really bad. The root meaning of the word repent is to change your mind and to think different and to have a different thought about that thing. Is to have a fresh way of seeing something and a fresh thought about it. In our own hearts, maybe we can look at that older brother and maybe where appropriate we might need to change our mind about the way we've seen things. Where maybe we've become angry and we've felt that life is just not fair and it's not just and that we've been angry because we've felt that other people are favoured more than us and we feel We feel angry because we feel that the father hasn't treated us in the same way. Actually, that's not true. You are his favourite. And we need to change our mind about self-pity and feeling that actually we're the only ones the father doesn't love. Or we're the only ones who have been given a hard deal. And actually know that you are his son You are his daughter. You're always with him. He delights in you. And all that he has is yours. And so we need to repent of anger that has its roots in, it's not fair. It's not fair. And we can say, Father, I I repent of being angry because I felt that you didn't favour me and that you didn't love me and that you love someone else more than me. And Father... I want to repent of anger where I've just felt that you haven't treated me right. And I I choose to believe today the truth that I am your son or I am your daughter and you are always with me and I'm always with you and all that you have is mine. And this is not a competition and it's not a comparison. I don't have to live with anger. Some of us may have struggled with stubbornness. The son refused to go in when he was asked because he felt slighted and he felt rejected and he felt self-pity and he refused to listen and receive the father's invitation. And we need to repent of stubbornness with God and say, where we refuse to believe him even stubbornness when you hear that he delights in you and loves you and finds you irresistible and he's always with you and you're always with him. Don't be stubborn and reject that truth. Embrace it and say, I choose to believe that actually I am included. I will not remain stubbornly in isolation and in competition. I won't refuse to come in. You know, sometimes we can be like that with God. We can be stubborn and we can hear him draw us with his love, but we refuse to draw near to him because we're offended about something. Yeah. So repent of offense. Yeah. God, I know you have no favorites, yeah. but actually I am your favorite. <laughs> yeah. And so is the provinces are next to me. But right now, I am your favorite. Yeah. You're always with me and all that you have is mine. Yeah. And I won't be stubborn. I'll come near. Repent of a slave's mindset, servitude, slavery, just wanting to know the rules without knowing the affection of the father. Yeah. Repent of just saying, all I wanted to do was work. All I wanted to do was work for you and know the rules. And instead, embrace the reality of your adoption and your sonship. It's right that we serve. It's right that we serve. But we serve with the heart of a king, not the heart of a slave. Okay? Jesus is the great model of how to be a servant king. Who at the, both at the same time, he knows he's a son, accepted by the father, and at the same time he can kneel and wash people's feet. Because yeah. he's a servant king. And he calls us to be princes and princesses who serve, but with dignity, knowing who we really are. Knowing that we serve from favor, not for favor. Serving from acceptance, not for acceptance. And so we want to repent of any kind of slavery where you're slaving and serving in the hope that maybe you'll get into the palace when you're already in the palace. Okay? You're already there. That's where Jesus has placed you. You're not serving to get in. You're serving out from with the resources of the kingdom. So we repent of any kind of serving, slaving mindset that we think we're going to win approval, and favor, and we embrace the reality of spiritual adoption, sonship, and daughterhood. Yeah. Finally, we're going to repent, as one of self-pity. You never gave me that feeling of I'm less than everybody else. You never even gave me a goat. Everybody else gets better. And we turn from self-pity to understanding that we're favored by God. All that he has is yours. So if you've got need of something, we'll talk more about this next week, go to the Father and go and access it and ask him. And so God, we, we thank you for the gospel. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the great elder brother. <laughs> You're the great elder brother who makes a way for us to be found when we were lost of to be included when we were separated. And God, we pray that Today, Jesus, even right now, there'll be um, transformed minds in process and even transformed minds happening in an instant when you've had a revelation of who you really are. (laughs) Who you really are. We pray for that. that. We'll be a fully convinced company of men and women who work hard, who serve, who want to be going from glory to glory as we behold you, who are being transformed into your likeness, that what's in our hearts is transforming our behavior, all from a place of knowing I am accepted in the beloved. I'm a son, I'm a daughter. I carry resources from heaven, I access resources from heaven, I'm never separated from you because I'm always with you and all that you have is mine and where I'm waiting for a breakthrough today in my life, I refuse to be in competition or comparison with anybody else. I refuse self-pity, I refuse stubbornness, and I embrace that I am a son or a daughter who can come to you again and say, today is a good day, Papa, for a breakthrough in that, because all that you have is mine. Mm-hmm. And so where it hasn't budged before, today's a good day for it to break over and for provision to come. And we pray for that right now in Jesus' name, where there's been a nagging illness or sickness that just hasn't budged and you've seen other people even get healed of the same thing. We say, right now in your name, Jesus, let there be a breakthrough right now into that and healing come in Jesus' name. And we say that over things like visas that have not come through and you know of others who have come through. We say, Father, all the they need is found in you. So we pray for speedy resolution to visa issues in Jesus' name, and for housing issues and job issues. And God, finally, we refuse to measure your love for us and your affection towards us by how quickly and when you do certain things. We refuse to put all of our eggs into the basket called, I know you love me if you give me a job. Or I know you love me if you give me a visa. Or I know you love me because you, if you heal me. And we say, we know we are loved because God so loved the world and sent Jesus to rescue us from being lost, to bring us home. That's the benchmark of our reality that we know we're loved. We know we're loved because the Spirit of God has come into our hearts that cries out, Abba, Papa, Dad. That's how we know we're loved. But we know that in the kingdom of God, you're a generous, good father. And you love to show your kindness and affection by breaking into situations and providing and bringing healing and bringing provision. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We'd love to pray for folks this morning. We'd love to pray for any who, who, who do have... Any, any sicknesses that need God to touch and heal we'd love to pray for that I know we've mentioned it already things like houses and jobs and visas and things like that we just love to pray for you that God breaks in we have seriously seen so many houses and visa things and jobs provided and I think it's because we live in an area where actually that's a real need that we need God's favour and grace upon so we'd love to pray for you into those things as well So if if, if any area that you would like praying for healing, we'd love to pray for you. Or if you just want to chat about any of the things that maybe you've heard this morning, and you think, actually, I just need to know a fresh touch of the Father so that I can access and have intimacy and just know his affection, we'd love to pray the Holy Spirit would do that for you as well. We're going to finish there. Next week we're going to finish the last, third part of this series in Luke 15. There's no midweek meetings or anything this week because of Mm -hmm. August. And um, there's teas and coffees going to be coming from the hatch. You can leave the chairs, actually, because there's no kids' club on Friday. So that will save thanks to Ian, who faithfully comes every week and, uh, and uh, puts those out. So that will save Ian a job this week. And, um, so we'll leave those there. Teas and coffees in a moment. Have a great week.